this is talking about episode 85. This week we'll be going over issue uh, number 33 of Weekly Shonen Jump. Uh, my name is Cole Greco, and joining me as usual is my co-host Jude Knoll. Jude, how's it going? Going all right. Um, went to a horrible Reds game over the past, I think it was on yeah, Friday. Mm-hmm. Um, they got crushed. They got crushed again last night, and mm. I'm kind of dreading the next few months of baseball, mm-hmm. but... Uh, other than that, uh, doing all right. Looking forward to going to Chicago next weekend for Pitchfork Festival. So kind of just chilling until then. Mm-hmm. Nice. Yeah, well, you know, uh, regarding baseball, at least your team isn't in uh, last place in their division and still like six games <laughs> over 500 or something. So, <laughs> yeah, I saw that. I'm like that. They're easily the best last place team in the league like they would be i think in first in the nl central right now they're they're doing better than the reds significantly yeah they're like five places behind them they would be like it was something like three and a half or four games up on the al central winner because i think that that's nuts at least when i checked i don't know not that that long ago the al central leader was had a record under 500 there's gonna be a losing team in the playoffs (laughs) They're they're forty five and forty six. Yeah, just that's abominable. Yeah, Cleveland Cleveland Guardians. Um, I I do like their rebrand and their name change and all that, but mm-hmm. you, even that can't save them from mediocrity. No, exactly. Yeah, <laughs> I saw there was like a Reddit thread about uh you know kind of where the Yankees are at, and it's all these people clamoring like they need NBA style um like seeding for the playoffs where you just take the top whatever you know the, every team gets in the playoffs in the mlb now so you just take the top 15 teams in the thing but i mean <laughs> but uh i don't know i think that's pretty lame too because then the divisions don't matter at all so i actually kind of like how baseball does it even if it means every now and then yeah. you get just a, a rat team in the in the playoffs and y'all hired Reds legend Sean, Sean Casey, Casey. <laughs> teach the boys how to hit. So, I mean, yep. you can only go up from here. Mm-hmm. I saw that hire and was cracking up and then looked and was like, this dude had like a career 306 batting average and not like he had like a four year career. I mean, Sean Casey, like, you know, played 10 or 11 years. Yeah, he, he's honestly like one of the more objectively funny, legendary baseball players. Mm-hmm. He had such a high batting average, but absolutely no speed whatsoever. He's yep. one of the only guys <laughs> to get thrown out at first from left field. And he was like hustling. Mm-hmm. Hilarious. Yeah, he's like uh, Ichiro in some ways, uh, not in others. <laughs> yeah. um, all right. Well, we want to hop into the uh, the table of contents here. Uh, yeah, let's get it. Um. I did see there's something like Naruto Gaiden as one of the color pages. Do you know what that is? Because yeah. I, I wasn't able to find much. Yeah, so that's coming out this week. It's that one shot that Kishimoto made uh, for like the winner of um, that Naruto 99 poll. So oh, yeah, yeah. So, so Naruto's dad won the poll. So we're getting a, a one shot of, of that. So yeah, that'll be... Oh, that's kind of sick. Yeah, that'll be cool. I, I think it's the first like... Well, I don't know if he's drawing... I, if he's drawing it, I think it's the first like Kishimoto art we've gotten, like you know, actual story art since maybe Naruto ended. I don't know if he did any of those Naruto or like Boruto spinoffs, but he doesn't do the art for Boruto, and he he didn't do the art for uh, Samurai Eight either. So actually, yeah, I was gonna ask that about is. that. Yeah, no, he he didn't do either of that art, uh, and the, the Samurai Eight art is was I couldn't stand it. It was like. It was one of these things that like looked competent, but if you scroll through it, everything looks so white. There's like no shading at all. It's really hard to read. Yeah, like as somebody that's uh never really gotten into the Naruto manga, I've pretty much only watched the anime. Mm-hmm. I feel like he is a really talented artist himself, but he doesn't have a good eye for picking other people to do his own art. No, yeah, no, not at all. Well, and his art even falls off near the end of Naruto also. Like you yeah, can tell, he I was, was getting... like Toriyama mm-hmm. <laughs> for like for Dragon Ball Super. I mean, people have complaints about that art too, but I feel like he at least was able to find somebody that can nearly copy his artwork to the point where you can like kind of not tell it wasn't drawn by him at times. Yeah. Mm-hmm. The weird thing about the Kishimoto stuff though is his people all have 
a similar style. It's just not like what you think of when you see Naruto. Like it, it is. It's all this yeah. very like, um, like no shading, like just lines sort of deal. It's it's really weird how he's like he he has this vision, I guess, for what he wants Naruto stuff to look like. But uh, I don't share in that vision at all. I would like it to yeah. look not at all like that. <laughs> But yeah, we'll we'll see how this goes. I think Minato is maybe one of the more boring characters that could have won. I voted for uh, the frogs when I voted for oh, it. Oh hell yeah! I would love a manga about like Gababunta or like Gawakichi, something like that. I feel like that'd be way cooler than you know just generic ninja guy. Um, but mm-hmm. you know whatever. Uh, I, my my picks didn't win. I should have I should have got <laughs> like uh, I don't know fans of of black pink to to help vote for me or something like that like the, <laughs> the frogs love k-pop <laughs> Maybe that, that would be that it. would be interesting for sure mm-hmm. um all right well to get into the uh, table contest for issue number 33 we get the uh, lead color page and cover page goes to my hero academia with color pages for the uh uh, Naruto Gaiden that we just mentioned, Akana Banashi, and Kill Blue. Um, at the number one spot is One Piece, followed by Jujutsu Kaisen, Sakamoto Days, Blue Box. Uh, then we get our new series, Icehead Gill, and then rounding out the top five is Witch Watch. Um, we get our second series with the new badge, Martial Master Asami, and then at number six is New Way's Exorcist, followed by Elusive Samurai, Me and Roboco, Black Clover, and Cypher Academy at 10. Um, at 11 is Mission Yozakura Family. With Undead Unluck, Ichinose Family's Deadly Sins, and then the bottom three are Fabricant 100, Do Retry, and Timaku Cinema. Um, with I think only Hunter Hunter and Rui Dragon absent from the magazine, so pretty uh pretty stacked um pretty stacked magazine this week. Yeah, I think we're at like around. Well, I guess uh, Icehead Gill still has the new badge. So I guess it's 21 chapters. That seems like a lot compared to what we've seen in mm-hmm. recent weeks. Yeah, well, 22 because Martial Master Awesome has the new badge too. Oh, true. I didn't even notice that. Wow, mm-hmm. that's crazy. Yeah, yeah, that's yeah, it's pretty wild. Um, yeah, I was gonna say we we have all these in the everything in the magazine, but still with a new like uh like a special chapter too, which is pretty funny. Yeah, it must be a, a thick, thick issues this week. Yeah, I've always wondered like how much they vary because you get some magazines that have a really fixed number of pages every mm-hmm. week. I don't know if that really applies to the comic magazines or not because the th- chapters are always a fixed number of pages. Like mm-hmm. you get eighteen page chapters. I wonder if they like fill it out or don't fill it out with like articles or ads, depending on how long the actual comics themselves are. Yeah, so I think I think the magazine does have a fixed number of pages. I don't remember if that's mentioned in that like the right way to make jump um, manga or not, but I feel like I've seen it somewhere that like. There are times when they have to come to a series and be like, hey, you got to like, you got to do a few more pages this week or like, you know, yeah. stuff like that just to fill it out. But um, I do know that like at least they used to, they used to have articles like Yuji Hori, the creator of Dragon Quest. He sort of, he kind of got his start because he was a freelance writer for Weekly Shonen Jump. Like he, yeah, and it's, he would do yeah. articles and stuff. So yeah, I guess there is, you know, there are some people doing stuff like that imagining a guy who reads jump for the articles but also in like <laughs> sket dance i remember they had an arc where they went to the gaming contest and they had jump freelance reporters mm, there mm-hmm. yeah. they were trying to like rig the event mm-hmm, also that's right. i remember thundercat did an interview in jump like two or three years ago so oh, cool. I, they must still have like some kind of bonus content in there mm-hmm. occasionally yeah, that'd be pretty neat. I need to I need to grab like a you know some Japanese volume and just see what all like what all other stuff they have in there. I'm always curious about that too. I want to see what the ads are for because mm-hmm. I know they always like have merch that we don't really get to see much of. Yeah, in well, the states. Well, if if you look on eBay, you can find the the individual like um, issues and stuff for for not that much. Like if it's a if it's one where like there's a big series on the cover, like you know the first Akanabanashi one, that one's probably like twenty or thirty yeah. bucks. But if you just find like this random one, I bet you could find it there for like eight or nine dollars. Yeah, that's not too bad. Yeah, because I think they're only like they're only two or three hundred yen, which is the equivalent of you know like 
two to four bucks or something like that. So like they're they're yeah. dirt cheap. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, it, it is kind of surprising like how much actual content you're able to get for the price. Sometimes mm-hmm. it feels like you're getting what you pay for with some of this, but <laughs> that's uh yeah still that's pretty cool. That's the case as of late at least. Um before we get into the kind of more uh series specific uh discussion, I want to talk about like kind of just looking at the table contents as a whole because I think it's I mean so Kill Blue gets its first color page and it gets the you know kind of the usual well, it's a little later now. It's uh, Kill Blue's on chapter what twelve, but I think this is that yeah. first color page for it. The they haven't been doing the one on chapter like seven or eight like they they used to. I feel like yeah, I feel like they have so much to juggle right now in terms of mm-hmm. the four mm-hmm. new series that are still kind of going strong. Um, so maybe that has to do with it. There's just so much new stuff that it's hard for them to give each one the spotlight. Yeah, that's true. But, you know, good, good for Kill Blue getting that that page. Uh, Timaku Cinema did not, and it's sitting in last place. So I think it's pretty uh, pretty well decided that, uh, you know, the Food Wars guys are uh, g- going back on uh, getting a nice another long break. <laughs> it's crazy to me because Timaku Cinema might be one of the quickest fall offs I've seen. Yeah. Just just solely in terms of their rankings. Because I think Tenmaku Cinema debuted in the bottom half and then immediately mm-hmm. in like week two of rankings went straight to the bottom and has stayed there. Which is crazy because, I mean, I don't think we need to, we've already been saying it, but like, there's nothing wrong with the series. There's no. not a glaring problem that just mm-hmm. obviously needs to be fixed. Yeah. Whereas, you know, there are other kind of middling or bottom tier series where you're like, this sucks because the art is not good. The mm-hmm. writing is kind of off. The Timaku Cinema is a very competent series with a unique premise. So it's so weird to me that it's this unpopular. Yeah, that's the thing. I feel like even if you're not super into Timaku Cinema, you can at least look at it and be like, you know, uh, okay, it's people who know what they're doing. Like, it looks like a manga. It reads like manga. It, You know what I mean? Like, I yeah. feel like at worst, it's just sort of like, it, it's just not for me. It's not something I'm interested in. It's honestly like... A little bit the way I feel about Martial Master Osmi right now is kind of that. Like, <laughs> it's not my favorite thing ever, but I look at him like, I, I get it, right? Like, this right. this could be someone's favorite manga. It's just not mine, and I don't I don't hate to read it every week or anything like that. And I feel like that's sort of where Tenmaku Cinema is. So it's weird that it's that they've got it down here when there is so much like. We hate Nui's Exorcist, but there's so much trash that they have also identified as trash. Like, do retry and fabricate 100. You know, both of those are living yeah. here at the bottom too. So, like, what? <laughs> why are neither of them taking a last place over Tenmaku? Yeah, like if you sell Tenmaku Cinema to somebody that doesn't read Jump every week, but like is kind of familiar with it, mm-hmm. I feel like it's it's one of those series like what you'd see in Bakemon, where you're like man this isn't real but i wish it were real because if yeah. somebody were to come up to me and be like a manga about films making mm-hmm. an indie film by the food wars guys like i'd be all over that yeah but let's check it out <laughs> i find yeah exactly and then I, I guess nobody else feels the same mm-hmm. because i think i wouldn't put it in the top five or even top like eight myself but i'm not putting it near the bottom to me it feels like a like solidly middle high middle series yeah it's it's firmly kind of middle middle of the road at, at you know at uh at worst i feel like i don't know i mean if you're yeah. if you're really into the the kind of the the content of it then yeah maybe you could you could push it higher or if you're you know it, it is kind of kind of wordy a little a little plain sometimes so i could see dropping it lower but i mean it's you know it's there with whatever elusive samurai and stuff like that it was just like right yeah it's it's people it's it's professional mangaka who know what they're doing <laughs> making a manga that like maybe i'm not super into and it's like yeah it's the the 10th best series at any given time <laughs> right but yeah so it's it's crazy to see it it down here but i guess i mean we've got like four that have all been sitting right at the bottom with Ichinose's Fabricant, Dewey, Try, and Tenmaku. So I guess at some point, those are the ones that they're going to pick off and, you know, we'll, we'll get another batch of fours, my my prediction, I guess. And it looks like, at least as of right now, New Age Exorcist is probably surviving the next 
uh, axe batch, which is a, a shame. Yeah. <laughs> and I hate to bring Bakemon up for like the millionth time, but I think maybe what applies here, especially since we have so many series running simultaneously, is that like in Bakemon, I don't know if it's exactly the same now, but the readers submit their top three series and that counts as a vote. Mm-hmm. And I feel like Tenmaku Cinema, since we said like it's such a solidly middle of the road series, maybe like is it anybody's top three? Because yeah. New Way's Exorcist is trash, but mm-hmm. there definitely there's definitely someone out there putting it in their top three because they think that the idea of like a girl playing video games is novel and funny, and yep. they like the character designs. And they have horrible taste. There are definitely people like that out there. Mm-hmm. And they're the ones voting for New Way's Exorcist. Um, a lot of these other series, you're like, they're not amazing, but you see a lane for them. And maybe Tenmaku Cinema and Fabricant 100, which it's not an hour lane. And I feel yeah. like maybe there's just not a lane <laughs> that mm-hmm. it occupies right now. Yeah, they're they're too mediocre or forgettable. Yeah, I mean, I will say, New Age Exorcist, if you go to any of the, the kind of the threads online about it, it's, you know, people just like us hating on it. They're like, this is the worst thing ever. Why is it sitting at number six? Yeah. But it does have its two or three people that you'll see there in there that I don't know if they're just, you know, your normal Twitter contrarians or whatever, but there are people <laughs> that, that are going to bat for it, you know, getting getting downvoted into the 30s on on uh you know our manga that are their uh <laughs> you know their love for new ways actually shining through so i don't you know i don't know i guess i guess there are people that will read it and be like this is in my top three i need to i need new ways to stay so i mean good yeah, it, good for those people <laughs> i guess it's it's the silent majority of jump readers you know they, they don't comment online they they mm-hmm. aren't dropping reviews on my anime list, but yep. you know it's just your 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 humble jump reader <laughs> who buys the magazine, flips to his favorite series, and then closes it and does not mm-hmm. engage with the community at all. That's your New Age Exorcist fan right M- there. Must be, yeah. I man, what a life to live. <laughs> <laughs> um. All right. So to get more into the uh, the chapter discussion. Uh. Do you don't want to start with uh with My Hero Academia here since our uh, our our lead lead cover page uh how are you how are you feeling about uh, My Hero right now? Um, I definitely think it is suffering from not just the literal like pacing of the story itself, mm-hmm. but the way that the stories are coming out. Uh, it has such a weird stop and start release schedule yep. that makes me have to leave sit there and think every time I open the chapter, like, where are we in the series right now? Mm-hmm. But this chapter is kind of the climax of the battle between Ochako and uh, Himiko Togo. Yeah. Um, the art in this one is actually pretty sick. I mean, mm-hmm. it kind of is. That's the one thing I always say about Horikoshi. Like, the art is always consistent. It's always high level. And we got some cool panels. There's this one that stretches between two pages where Toga's like up front, and then you have this very like Marvel esque backdrop of characters' heads sort of emerging from the dark. Um, mm-hmm. All these like this whole fight is taking place in a thunderstorm, and you've got all these like cloned characters creating a giant mass of bodies, which I thought was really cool. Um, but I do think that. From what I've been seeing on Twitter, this has been a really controversial chapter because hmm. the dialogue is just weird. Terrible. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 I'm I'm sort of the same as you. It's it's hard for me to like get back into my hero at this point because it's like like you said, one, I mean, I'm I'm not a fan of this this arc. I just I want it to end. But also it it's really hard to stay connected when He's just like off for a week or off for two weeks, which like you know, no, no hate to Horikoshi, I I also would probably need to take a week off if I had to work, you know, yeah. ninety five hours a week creating manga. But um, it it is a downside when reading the series. Um, but yeah, there is some cool art in this one. I like I like these little panels that have just like uh, 
Toga and Ochako as as kids, and they're just like these plain little panels amongst the, uh, you know, kind of like the gross dirtiness of the other ones. Um, those are pretty yeah. cool. But yeah, like the actual kind of story of it, I just, I don't know. I'm, I'm not, I'm not convinced by by Toga. Her her thing where she's kind of like trying to avenge twice. Like she's been doing this mm. for for a little while now. I I don't really care for it. it's like I said it, it's not convincing at all. I mean she's this character that we've we kind of know like nothing about even though she's been one of the bigger villains in the in the story. And so just sort of like yeah. I don't know. It feels very similar to when we had the part where uh, like the octopus guy was talking about like how he was persecuted and stuff as a kid. It's like well you didn't talk about that at all for the first 270 or 370 chapters and now i'm supposed to just like you know believe this uh i feel i feel kind of the same way with where we're at right now and also every time we see any sort of fight scene between them there's always like this part where ochaka's like we need to talk about romance yeah i don't i know that was a thing that that they had kind of brought up i guess uh, revolving around Deku, but I still don't know. I don't. I don't know why we're why we're doing that either. <laughs> it's it's so hard to yeah. to follow and keep up with. But yeah, the uh, the art is cool. <laughs> yeah, very very nice chapter to look at, and mm-hmm. it does make me wish some of the other series were up to this standard artistically. Oh yeah. Mm-hmm. Without a doubt. Um. Next one, we'll just uh, I figure we'll just talk about these that we have uh, kind of written out in in normal um, like in the order they appear in the in the table yeah. of contents. Uh, so next up, we got Akana Banashi. Um, I really liked this most recent um, Akana Banashi chapter. It's a lot of just performance stuff, but um, I do like it. It seems like they're sort of making the case in there that her version. Is kind of not as good as her dad's, or at least that's how I was reading it, which I think is kind of, yeah, kind of interesting that maybe she's like, maybe she's going to lose this one. Yeah, it kind of shows that like at the beginning of the series, she was really concerned with winning. And I think now she's trying to like learn more about her father through Rakugo and like mm-hmm. kind of create her own style. Yeah. So I think this is a cool development. And I did think the paneling and some of the artistic choices in this chapter were really cool. I liked the one panel where it's got like her silhouette and then in the backdrop, they have this weird scratchy looking screen tone. Mm-hmm. I loved the color page. Um, I mean, the standard for color pages in Akanavanashi always really good. But yep. the colors for this one, really neat. I like the reflection of the light on the subway seats mm-hmm. really man cool. when when this one gets an anime if they are able to kind of match the the style that the color pages have it's going to be just a 10 out of 10 oh for sure yeah and like, they, like mm-hmm. oh go ahead oh, i was gonna say yeah if they can do anything like that it's gonna be it's gonna be incredible and i love this manga but i do think it's gonna be one of those series that is gonna translate better to anime because mm-hmm. Rakugo seems to be such like a you know auditory medium that'll yeah. add a whole other dimension to it and help mm-hmm. like especially for people that are you know reading a translation or would be listening to a translation. I, I think that would also help. Like being able to hear the inflection and stuff would help. Yeah, exactly. Get a better mm-hmm. understanding of it. Well, and just having like you know pro voice actors kind of like doing rakugo would be would be cool because yeah like you said we you know we don't really get to to hear how the story sounds we we just kind of get to read it and you know kind of make your own assumptions for from based on how like the um like the the speech bubble is drawn or something like that i do really like this panel too on page six that has like anytime someone does a story they let them go for a little bit and then they put this like title card through there. Um, yeah. <laughs> and this one looks really cool. It looks like it's just kind of coming out of the, coming out of the sky. It's like angled a little bit weird. Like you're looking up at it. I think that's really a really cool looking panel. Oh yeah. Like there's always, e- even though the art in the series is always kind of like static, they do do like chibi facial expressions sometimes, but I feel like the art itself is kind of traditional. It's the mm-hmm. paneling that I think is subtly 
experimental. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, the art always, I feel like I've said it before, but the art reminds me very much of like how Yotsuba is drawn. And I, I would I would be interested to see if, uh, you know, the Akanobanashi artist, uh, you know, like claims any influence from uh, Kyuhiko Azuma or, you know, st- um, manga like that. Also reminds me a lot of Rui Dragon too, but... <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, Less said about that, the better. Yeah, exactly. Um, let's see. Next up, we've got... Um, I think maybe JJK. Yeah. yeah. We'll talk about Jujutsu Kaisen a little bit because I... Man, so we're in like this this big fight that we've all been waiting for, and I just... I don't care about it at all. I read this chapter and was just like, "What are like? What am I doing? Why I I'm so down on Jujutsu Kaisen right now, and it's it's honestly kind of disappointing because this is what I had been waiting for from Jujutsu Kaisen. You know, yeah. we, we'd had all this kind of nonsense, and then we get to here, and I just I don't even want to deal with this. Like, even in this fight, we still have just like pages of text. We're flashing out to to characters like some of these people. Like, there's this one dude. He's got like this. I guess it's like a beanie on or something. It's like obscuring hat one of his eyes. I don't know who the heck that is. Like even in this just like grand finale fight between two of the big characters, we still get more people in here. It's like, who are you? Why do you matter? Right. Like I hate domain expansions without domain expansions. This series would actually be one of the best jump series Mm -hmm. in recent memory. Yep. But it's like, because we'd be able to kind of just, you know, they they could have the cool and inventive powers, sort of like Hunter Hunter style battles that the series has established in the past. Like, for example, the one guy who is able to use, like, gambling to create cursed energy. I think that's a really cool concept, and I think you mm-hmm. can do something cool with it. But when you add this whole idea of, like, you know, overlapping domains and, like, things canceling each other out it kind of seems just unnecessary. Like, yeah. it, it, it seems like having to generate this power source, I think that's how it works. To me, it seems like you could cut everything about domain and domain expansion out, and the series would be exactly the same, but just mm-hmm. way more readable and move a lot faster. Yeah, well, it's the thing that he wants to create this, like, magic system that has these rules and stuff, which, you know, I, I kind of respect. Like, that's a cool thing about Hunter Hunter is that, like, Nin, there's all these rules, but even Nin, at a certain point, you just sort of ignore the rules. They don't really, you know, you're never thinking yeah. of them, but they keep bringing them up like again and again in Jujutsu Kaisen. It's like, oh, well, if he uses domain expansion, that means he can't, blah, blah, blah. And it's like, man, just like, just write this. You're like, yeah. you don't have to explain it all every single time. And it's, yeah, it's really a, a pain to read. It's really confusing. I, I really just don't like Jujutsu Kaisen. <laughs> Yeah, it's like, I think the biggest problem is this is uh, the power system. All of it is invisible and Mm -hmm. isn't really being, you know, illustrated in a way that makes it visible. And this is a visual medium. Yeah. So instead of being able to show how this is working, we're Mm -hmm. having an entire crowd of people narrate what's happening. Mm -hmm. This isn't a novel, though, or like a radio play. This is yeah. a this is a manga. Yeah, I yeah, I, I don't know why there's always talking heads like over top of this battle. Like just, you know, like has has a Gege red Dragon Ball? Like just have people fight. It 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 works. It's really it's really cool. <laughs> yeah, and even I know like some sometimes we're like, "Oh, Hunter Hunter, I mean everybody says the Hunter Hunter is unnecessarily wordy or whatever." Mm-hmm. And, and it's true, but I think what makes Hunter Hunter different and i think what jjk sometimes doesn't realize is that hunter hunter does have all this wordiness and the pacing can be weird but there's also this huge world in hunter hunter that Mm -hmm. you want to learn more about and explore and like a lot of more recent series jjk spends a lot of time just battling inside of like parking garages and Mm -hmm. cities that we don't really know anything about yeah, I think if you're gonna make something that requires you to read fandom wiki articles <laughs> to understand, yeah, at least make it interesting. I feel like stuff. you might, yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. Like honestly, go harder 
with the world building and yeah. less hard with the power system. Mm -hmm. well, that's actually a good point, too. Like, you know, when I was a kid, I used to, you know, I used to Google all the different villages in Naruto and stuff because I was like, I wanted to learn more about that outside world there. And like, I couldn't ever imagine doing that in Jujutsu Kaisen because it's just what's there to, to learn about. Like, maybe that other school or something like that. But like... Anything you want to know, he's going to tell you for for three whole three whole pages of just like plain text. <laughs> yeah, like I think I like that Jujutsu Kaisen is set sort of in the real world, but mm -hmm. I think you can still expand on the setting despite that. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, you can have other. I mean, you could like My Hero Academia. I mean, yeah, I guess My Hero Academia is not set in the real world either. But like, you know, similar like, present yeah. day. It's in it's in like a real place. They've got cars and stuff. Yeah, just make it so that there's there's other schools that they're you know that they they meet and stuff like that. I don't I don't know. It's just it it's really kind of a shame, I guess how how much Jujutsu Kaisen has kind of fallen off um, for me personally, at least. I mean, you know, people still seem to to like it so you know yeah I'm, I'm glad i'm glad they're able to but i just every time i it's like it's such a drag to to open up the page of jujutsu kaisen yeah it's like you've got great art style great mm -hmm. character designs yeah great concepts for characters but none of it is really utilized mm -hmm. like there's like it has all the bones of an awesome series but they just totally go out of their way to not use any of the elements that work well and even so we have two like huge like fan favorite characters gojo and you know sukuna and sukuna like has taken over megami's body like this should be such a cool fight but like it it almost doesn't matter who the characters are that are fighting here it just feels like every other fight as well like you know when whatever when uh goku and piccolo fight like you sort of you know who they are like they're using they have special attacks and like yeah every every attack in dragon ball is just like a, a big beam or something like that but i don't know it, it feels more like two specific characters fighting these are just you could we've seen this fight a thousand times too like i don't know someone someone does a domain expansion and then like yeah this big cool looking temple shows up but that's kind of that's kind of it like there's nothing that i don't know i feel like these characters don't have like signature moves there's nothing to really make mm. me think like oh I'm, I'm glad it's gojo fighting now and not so and so because it it looks the same as if it was yuji or whoever also fighting yeah and we don't really even get to see enough pictures of the people that are supposed to be fighting like we get mm -hmm. to see two images of gojo per chapter <laughs> like this is this is his this is his chapter exactly he's not even on he's not even on the page because it's mm -hmm. just some you know c-tier character talking about what they're seeing just show us you don't yeah. have to explain it all mm -hmm. yep um next let's talk about uh martial master asami so this is one i already talked about it a little bit earlier i you know it's not my favorite series but i will say it does this thing it's not the past two chapters where like i'm kind of excited to read the chapter and then i read it and i'm like ah it's all right and then at the end I'm like, oh man, I can't wait for the next chapter. So I don't really know what that uh, <laughs> what that means necessarily, but um, it is that's an interesting feeling. I don't think I've gotten from manga usually. <laughs> I think it's just like we kind of mentioned this with uh, Tamako Cinema. I think it's really competent, but I think this one is more competent than Tamako Cinema even was. Like mm -hmm. the art is really good and really consistent. Because sometimes you'll get a manga where, like, they have one or two, like, really good, well-drawn panels. And then the rest of them, they just kind of, like, fly through. Yeah. But I feel like every panel here, you know, it's pretty standard just, like, people in front of a somewhat fleshed-out background. But everything looks really good. It's really readable, which I mm -hmm. think is an underrated attribute for a series. Yes. And I don't know, like... It feels like the concept feels kind of generic. Like if you just had to come up with a fake manga idea on the spot, but I think it's just refreshing to see something that's not super wordy is mm -hmm. well drawn and is paced enough where you start the chapter out, you kind of know what you're going to expect. And then it ends 
sort of leading into the next chapter. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I will say, like, the story so far, too, it's it's understandable. Like, even if it's pretty stock standard and, like, a little bit corny, it's like, okay, you know, he's got a friend who wants to get an MMA. He drags him into it. We learn that he's, like, really good at MMA. You know, his family's into it. Like, you know, you, you get all these stuff. It's just like, okay, like, I... I've I've read this before. I've experienced this before. Unlike say a uh, I don't know a Ginkka and Gluna, where you get that it's like they have to explain you know uh, why Ginkka is a snowman and like all this other stuff that you also have to kind of keep up with. This is all very you know it's it's really understandable and even if it's not like groundbreaking stuff, like every chapter you can kind of go through and be like okay. Like, I get it. And yeah, like I said, he does a really good job of kind of leading into the next chapter. I feel like, yeah, the past two or three chapters now, I've finished it up and been like, okay, like, I'm, I'm looking forward to whatever's coming next. And kind of the, the same for this one. I mean, I did think the part of him getting, like, so upset that his friend got beat up, uh, like, this this page here at the end where he's, like, mad looks kind of <laughs> gross. But, um, I mean, yeah, I mean... I guess if you saw your your best friend get like obliterated by your pro MMA brother, you probably you probably feel some type of way about that. So yeah, yeah I like I'm excited I think to see him fight. His brother's a good villain. Mm-hmm. Like yeah. his brother actually like like I kind of hate him, and I feel like yeah. it's difficult this early to like you know make a villain feel. Mm-hmm hateable or to really like get the tension going just a couple chapters in but i do like this content uh, concept of his brother being an mma youtuber who mm-hmm. is willing to beat the shit out of a high schooler <laughs> for views like yep. that's awesome it feels believable mm-hmm. yeah well his brother feels very much like a like a rocky villain like someone that yes you know like like an apollo creed or a um uh, I can't remember the guy in Rocky Four, or, or like uh, you know, Mr. T is the villain in Rocky Three. Like yeah. he's very much like this guy that, yeah, you easily kind of hateable, but also still kind of cool. Like, I, you know, I I like his brother as a character. You know, like in a similar way to, to Mr. Yeah. T in Rocky Three. Like, you know, Mr. T kills uh, Rocky's manager. You're like, dude, this guy's the worst, but he's also still pretty cool because it's Mr. T. <laughs> Right, he he feels like a Rocky villain mixed with one of the Paul brothers. Yeah, like he. <laughs> I I do like how they're like MMA people are all self advertising on YouTube and TikTok. So you have this like element of social media in the story that doesn't mm-hmm. feel super unbelievable and overblown. Yeah. Like still, they are like. They are beating up like kids mm-hmm. for for content, so maybe maybe it's a little like weird, but it doesn't feel like completely out of the realm of believability. Oh, I mean, I, if I you told this, me that yeah. if you told me that whatever, like let's say like B tier MMA fighter was gonna be like, you know, I'm paying everyone two grand, you know, if you you come fight me, and then it's like putting out weekly videos or just like beating up whatever random trash is in his city, like I would be like yeah that that tracks like i i I could totally see it yeah i I think there's there's so many places that this series is probably not gonna go that i think would be really funny if they went to like man we we need joe rogan in this series (laughs) we we need we need like asumi's like oh shit my brother just went on a podcast oh man it's it's over for me now yep <laughs> he's calling then, him out then he goes to school <laughs> he, he goes he goes to school and all of his classmates are like bro what kind of conspiracy theories was your brother <laughs> perpetuating on, on that podcast his brother's like, talking don't about want to hang out trails. with you anymore mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah like that'd, i'm, that'd I'm here great. for that i want i want this series to be like 70 percent social media and 30 percent mma Mm-hmm. yep i can't wait we we definitely need the the panel where they're at like the weigh-in and the two get like yeah i feel like this is the only thing i ever see of mma it's not a sport i particularly <laughs> care about but anytime there's like a new ufc like a big ufc fight the only thing i ever see from it is like two dudes shirtless like pressing their chests against each other and like yelling <laughs> well, we need, we definitely need that scene 
if if we don't yeah. get one of those in here, it's I feel like it doesn't truly capture the spirit of what I see from uh from fighting. Yeah, we're they're gonna have like um assume he's gonna fight his brother, and then suddenly his brother like you know goes on the run or something, and it's like <laughs> oh he actually has CTE. That's why he was acting this way. <laughs> yes, honestly, that'd be a, that'd be a pretty good turn. That would be a. <laughs> Way more, uh, um, I don't know, way more modern than I, I'm expecting out of this. <laughs> yeah, that's that's the reason his grandpa is so weird. It's not because he's like aging or he has like Alzheimer's. He's just like t- taking too many hits to the head. Yeah, his, and his brain is applesauce. Start- <laughs> <laughs> um, next up, uh, we've got me and Roboco. Uh, you know, usually there's not much discussion on me and Roboco, but me and Roboco just kind of wrapped up a little, you know, as it usually, as it does uh, occasionally with like these little two or three chapter mini arcs. And I did like this one. This one, this arc kind of made it seem like it was like maybe we were nearing the end of me and Roboco. And then they just sort of end the arc and it's like, yep, business as usual for me and Roboco, which I, <laughs> I, I love about this series. I, I mean, it also kind of amazed me to look and see we're on chapter 144 of me and Roboco, which just feels absolutely insane. (laughs) (laughs) But yeah, man, you know, we we talked, I think last week about like, what's going to be the next thing to have like 500 chapters might actually be me and Roboco. Me and Roboco is going to run for 350 chapters and it's going to be incredible. Yeah, I mean, it's got an anime. It, it has a movie coming up. Like, they're oh, not, right. not going to mm-hmm. get rid of this series while it's this hot. And yeah. uh, I do love the design of Motuo's dad with the huge <laughs> mustache and even larger bow tie. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah, it's awesome. And I don't know if you saw the uh, the most recent Me and Roboco volume, but those are always great, too. And, the yeah, the newest volume is maybe one of the better ones it's not quite as iconic of a um like of a parody as some of the past ones but just like in terms of pure like style it's it's up there it's a it's like a copy of a like a weird sakamoto days um one from like like one of the tertiary characters but yeah it it looks really cool cool. looks really cool in me and roboco uh language i guess (laughs) (laughs) But yeah. Is it this one where she's like holding a vacuum cleaner and then there's a purple backdrop? Yeah, it's like a pink and purple background kind of deal. Yeah. Yeah, this mm-hmm. is cool. <laughs> yeah, it's great. Yeah, man, I I just like me and Roboco is like straight up in the one of the top like six or seven series in the magazine. It uh me and Roboco doesn't miss. Even even kind of the the chapters I'm not the biggest on. It's such an easy manga to be like, oh, okay, that one didn't hit for me, but I'm sure next week will. And I'm, you know, just I'm glad that me and Roboco is uh, is out here plugging away still for 144 chapters. (laughs) Yeah, I feel like people love the shonen manga that's made for like teenagers, but I think people kind of sleep on the just like really stupid kids shonen manga. Mm -hmm. I I feel like I could end up just like randomly buying volumes of like Korokoro Koro comic series, but I kind of like the Doraemon story mold. It, it's super formulaic. Yeah. But it, it works. Mm-hmm. Definitely. Yeah. And I mean, I will say about me and Roboco 2, it is the only, the only one of its ilk in the magazine right now. I mean, yeah, the only other kind of gag series we have or the, you can consider it as Witch Watch, and Witch Watch, I mean, it's just straight up fights right now. There's yeah, really, I mean, looking at it, there's nothing else, nothing else even like trying to do comedy, you know, as one of its kind of primary two or three things that it offers. So, I mean, one, we need we need a new gag series, um, but also like, yeah, Roboco's just holding it holding it up the uh the kind of the 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 true spirit of of uh shonen jump by by itself yeah most slept on series by american audiences for sure oh without a doubt yeah um next we got cypher academy um curious what you what you're thinking about cypher academy right now um yeah so i think 
it's still it's kind of formulaic series in that every chapter is kind of just like a different code battle Mm-hmm. But I like the pacing, especially since, you know, I'm not always comprehending everything that happens. Yeah. Um, but, man, maybe aside from, like, My Hero Academia and one or two other series, like, best art in the magazine. The oh, paneling, a doubt. the poses, mm-hmm. the character designs, the movement, like, everything is almost perfect. Mm-hmm. And I feel like the code battles have actually gotten better over time. Because mm-hmm. for me, I was like... The central thing of the, like, the central concept here that they're battling with codes is kind of dumb and hard to follow. Yeah. But I've kind of enjoyed them more because they're not explaining them as much and just kind of letting them happen. Mm-hmm. This one is sort of a retread of that one battle they did earlier where they can only speak using, like, half of the characters in their language, the which one I did think where... was one of the cooler ideas. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's a retread of the one where the, the original uh, translator had to drop off because it's just, like, it's taking way too long to translate. <laughs> yeah, there were, like, translator's notes where they were like, I'm not even really going to attempt to mm-hmm. recreate this. Yep. Yeah, um, I... I will say I, Cypher Academy for me, there was a while there where I just sort of like breezed through it because I'm like, I'm not going to be able to follow what's going on, but I'm just going to like look at the cool stuff and like kind of just let it wash over me and get what's happening. But yeah, if you're saying that the codes are a little easier to follow now, I might have to actually start like really dig digging in again. Um, but yeah, it's one that, I mean, like you said, the, the art is, it, it, if it's not the best in the magazine, it's like, you know, it's only behind My Hero and like Akana Banashi or something like that. It's 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 right up there. I I even looked, I think, a little while back to find if the artist had done anything else, and it's like he'd done like a random one shot or two, but nothing really substantial, which was kind of disappointing because I would love to I'd love to read more about this guy. And I think it's here to stay. Um, Mm -hmm. There was a while there where it was really starting to inch closer to the bottom. Now it's like solidly in that 7 to 10 range. Mm -hmm. The author, or Nisi Oisin, I think already had a Twitter account, but they launched an official Twitter account for For the series itself Mm -hmm. recently, which is a good sign for it. It seems like, I mean, it's getting a color page next week, Mm -hmm. this late into its run. That's always kind of a good sign. I, yeah. I think this one could, like, maybe not Mashable territory, but I think it could be, like, near 100 chapters by the end of its run, especially with say, all these other series we got to drop before we get mm-hmm. to Cypher Academy. Yeah, I feel like at this point, it's at least going to get, like, a, a Magu-chan length run. Like, uh, you know, I wouldn't be surprised if we get at least another 30 chapters out of it, because like you said, it's, it's, like, it's at least in a comfortable spot right now, and there's whatever four series that have to leave the magazine before it probably so i mean that's gonna take a little bit of time before they kill off all of those like unless they just really start you know unless they're like no we want cypher academy gone before fabricant 100 or something like that i think it's i think you're right i think it's sticking around for a while it's also pretty crazy that it's the one that survives out of that that batch of four the longest that ichinose is going to fall off before it and fabricant 100 i mean fabricant 100 is definitely um worse but it's a way more uh kind of like easy read like if you told me that people like fabricant 100 more than cypher academy i would not blink at that right like it's it's certainly more digestible this last page where all the characters are sort of just like posing in front of a space type backdrop looks like something out of star trek uh Mm -hmm. just so cool Yep. Yeah, it's awesome. I will say, and reading Cypher Academy 2 makes me want to pick uh, Monogatari back up, because even if I don't really understand what's going on with Cypher Academy, I love that Nusiosin just kind of is like, I'm doing whatever I want. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, all right, so next we've got um, Undead Unluck. This is one that I picked out a little bit, too, because Undead Unluck is in this weird spot where, like, I feel like it's every, like, 10 weeks I go from this is one of the worst things in the magazine to, like, it's just all right. And it's, right now, it's got this, it's at this point where, like, they're doing kind of their world martial arts tournament thing, but they skipped through, all like, a lot of it. Like, they're just kind of on the last battle right now. But 
so I mean it's it's got like um like hints of being cool and then just like isn't all that interesting because they're skipping all of all like the fun stuff. This is one that I feel like that like they're trying to end at like chapter 200. But if they would just let it go to be like chapter 300 actually could be better because you get to spend more time in in some of these parts, um, which is, I feel like, kind of the opposite of what I usually want from a manga. But like, I would much rather spend more time here with like, you know, let, let's do the full arc. Let's get like two chapters of like each of these characters fighting each other and then then get to this this big part here. But it doesn't seem like that's what's going to happen. Um and there is actually some like pretty decent art in this this chapter, which, you know, the the characters' uh, facial expressions are all gross as usual, but you know, some some kind of cool cool stuff going on. There's this fun one at the end where like they've got this, uh, you know, long staff kind of like hanging out. And he's like hanging or he's like holding um, this trail of uh, like characters um, from like hitting the ground yeah, that, and stuff. That looks it's, sick. it's pretty cool looking. Yeah. But and I, I do like um, the character design of of Fang. I think he's pretty he's pretty sick. But yeah, this looks once mm-hmm. again. I, I I've been using this term a lot today. Uh, it looks very competent. Yeah, 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 yeah. I think that's part of it too. Is that there's so much kind of junk in the magazine right now that reading on Dead and Luck, it's like, oh yeah, this uh, this isn't so bad. <laughs> right. It, it could certainly be a lot worse. <laughs> Um. <laughs> all right, and then our uh, last series is uh, do retry. I uh I don't like do retry at all. <laughs> yeah, I felt like I was gonna say some more about this, but we're kind of late in the episode. I was mostly just gonna say like I felt like we had some goodwill towards it a few weeks ago. Mm-hmm. Now it's just like. It's putrid. It, it's actually it's now the worst series in the magazine. And some <laughs> of the the design of this new villain just makes me grimace. Oh, it's horrible. Like, yeah. His I don't understand what's going on with his eyes. They're like they're like they're going like straight up and down on mm-hmm. his face. I and guess not in like a cool experimental way. Well he that's the thing. It's hideous. Yeah, sometimes like so there there was this part in this chapter where like he's like shooting up steroids i guess and so like then yeah. his face gets like even more contorted so i'm like oh i guess it's like a stylistic thing but i just have no i have no faith that the that like the artist can do that because the art just sucks all the time so it's it's like <laughs> it'd be like reading you know Cor- mccarthy if court mccarthy was like really bad it's like you can't kind of break <laughs> the rules if you if you suck <laughs> i don't I don't know what. Yeah, I don't know. I just have no faith that like that all of this is like a stylistic choice and not just this artist can't draw. Yeah, and the characters' faces and like to a certain extent bodies don't have any real shape. They look like mm-hmm. you know mouths and eyes placed on a heap of melting ice cream. They look like where, early JoJo's. Like, yeah, like eyes are just sort of like starting to droop, like they're having a stroke, like mm-hmm. their mouths just appear in illogical places on their faces. Yep. Like there's no definitive shape to any of the characters' faces. Mm-hmm. And at times I can't even tell like who I'm looking at. It oh yeah, this one is it's so so bad. And like yeah, every character just looks disgusting. <laughs> I don't, I don't get, I don't know, man. I just, I, I don't even get how this one got like green lit. This looks worse than Bone Collector did. It really does. Yeah. How, how are you going to like take a few years off to hone your talents and get worse? Yeah. I don't like, understand. Like Bone Collector wasn't good, but it at least like it, it resembles a manga way more than this does. Like I'm just kind of flipping through some old Bone Collector ones. Like this isn't half bad compared to do retry for being honest <laughs> yeah it's not saying much but yeah. it, gosh yeah well i'm glad we got the uh the the other fighting series so that they couldn't just like keep do retry around being like well we you know we wanted to, we want to try a sports manga out they, they've like already supplanted it 
they realized very yeah, I, early I they're like they're like man do retry doesn't have it they're like call call the guy who made the sumo manga like we need something we need another fighting manga in here asap yeah i know the the mangaka for uh do retry saw the issue where martial master Sumi debuted mm-hmm. just like shit himself <laughs> yep yeah i i imagine the jump editorial board was like all the market research is telling us the fighting manga is going to be the next big thing. They're like, Dury tries not cutting it. Like, we we need one. Just, like, call call the guy who made the sumo. <laughs> Just get, get him back in. We need a fighting manga ASAP because that's, uh, that's, that's what's going to sell in two years. Yeah. I mean, I can see Martial Master Sumi cashing on. Like, mm-hmm. it seems like a pretty safe bet. We'll, yeah. we'll see. Mm-hmm. Definitely more of a safe bet than do retry. Oh, absolutely, yeah. And at least I will say, at least the jump uh, editors have have come to the same conclusion that we have, uh, where do retry is gonna get gonna get chopped. It's sitting here at second to last. So you know, yeah. I don't I don't know how New Age Exorcist has has managed to survive, but you know, I guess if if you know, I'll, I'll take one of these trash series getting axed. You know, it's it's better than better than neither of them. Mm-hmm um all right well that does it for a week of show and jump discussion this week um jude we've got uh um whatchamacallit you had you had a, a question here for uh what um oh yeah what axed mangaka would we want to to, br- to bring back for for a new series <laughs> yeah and that was actually inspired by this headline that i saw uh mm-hmm. on the Weekly Shonen Jump manga news Twitter account where um, Apollo 3 mangaka PPPPPP has now teased another image from what appears to be a new work with more information to re- be revealed next month. So uh, it looks like we're getting not another spinoff of PPPPP, but I guess mm-hmm. like a new work with a similar style. So Apollo 3 is back after like maybe half a year off Mm -hmm. yeah yeah i mean i'm yeah pppppp i was really down on near the end of it but i mean it definitely like had moments especially at the beginning so like you know maybe something with a a premise that i'm i could connect with a little bit more i'd be down to read more uh more of his stuff yeah so if you could bring back another mangaka that we've been we've read over the course of this series and mm-hmm. have them do another series like what would you as an editor want for it yeah i was gonna say so the easiest answer is high school family guy he can just do whatever he wants just give me another high school family i'd be down with yeah make it you know whatever kind of comedy thing you want um the other easy one is this was before we started but the the phantom seer uh team they had that baseball one shot. Would love to like actually see that. But yeah, in terms of like Axe Mangaka, what I would want them to create. Um hmm. I've gotta think of who was even axed. I would be down with uh the uh, the Red Hood artist doing something that's maybe yeah. a little a little more like dialed in, like a little less like mm. a, a smaller scale adventure, I guess could be could be pretty cool because i think there's definitely some like the you know the the red hood artist has has some chops it had cool art some cool monster designs just like need to kind of rein it in a little bit yeah like one of the best rookie artists that i think mm-hmm. we've seen i think we just need a writer this needs yeah. to be a duo mm-hmm. yeah which i think they had a a series kind of in jump giga or something like, or not a series but like a one shot in jump giga or something like that where they were doing the art and someone else was doing the story that that sounds good and honestly mm-hmm. now that you mentioned jump giga um whatever happened with that jump like learning I, it was the educational jump series that yeah, was supposed so, to come out like in recent years yeah so they so they did the one back in april and they've got a new one coming out for the summer i think i saw and Mm. they just put out the the april ones in uh in like uh shonen jump plus or whatever which is like the japanese version of manga plus but i didn't see anything if they were getting translated so i assume we're 
I assume we're not going to see those officially over here, but since they are, they are like available digitally. I was just looking at them earlier. Um, so like if, if there are scan groups that want to like scan like them, I mean, they, they literally just have to download PDFs and like, you know, uh, white them out and stuff. So like they, they're at least in like a, a format that would be easily scanlatable. <laughs> yeah. But, yeah. I kind of want to peep those. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That'd be cool. What, uh, what artists would you want to want to bring back? Yeah. So, um, this is kind of a deep cut. I, I had forgotten this series existed until I was thinking about it, but we need the aliens area dude to come back and do yes. a sci-fi slice of life manga instead mm-hmm. of a battle shonen series. Yeah. That's what the aliens area pretty much devolved mm-hmm. into near the end of its run. And it was kind of fire for a few weeks. So I'd like to see him sort of try at that instead of having to fall back on it. Cause I think he could do a good job. Yeah. If aliens area was doing like a, um, like an, an early cowboy bebop kind of thing that would be really cool yeah like yeah sure. where the yeah like where the first few episodes is just them kind of like going to different planets you know doing whatever like just remove the fights out that would be really neat or even like you know the mm. same same time period like uh if tokyo doing bride story artist wants to do more of a like a cozier slice of life thing like just straight up make it a new ruri dragon i'd be down with that too yes mm-hmm. definitely um all right well uh Jude, before we head out do you have any uh updates on stuff you've been reading or maybe any kind of last minute recommendations before we head out we'll kind of combine them into the into one this week yeah so haven't been reading too much but have been sort of listening to this artist that i'll recommend uh their name's 12 rods they were the first band to get like a 10 out of 10 review on pitchfork in like 1998 97 i think like pretty early on and they kind of fell off after their major label debut was like in my opinion unfairly panned by every publication Mm -hmm. but they're kind of like a they're kind of a combination between like built to spill dismemberment plan type like indie rock and then mm. like 70s todd rundgren or like beach boys type psychedelic music mm-hmm. uh really cool stuff and they just dropped a comeback album after being kind of silent for 20 years on american dreams record and uh yeah it's their new album's pretty good too uh whole discography is kind of weird and doesn't really sound like anything else i've heard and worth uh worth exploring for sure yeah i'm, I'm looking at their kind of the wikipedia right now it <laughs> it looks like pitchfork gave that uh that major label debut a 2.0 out of 10 <laughs> <Just> <laughs> crazy yeah i was i was reading it while i was listening to the album and i feel like this was back when people used to just like give anything that had a hint of like mainstream polish a mm-hmm. negative review yeah yeah well, and, man, that... this was kind of un... mm-hmm. oh good i was gonna say yeah there was that that jet record that they gave like the the, the pissing yeah. monkey out of 10 <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah this one i was listening to it and i'm like man they were they were kind of hating on this too much because if the Flaming Lips dropped this album, they would have mm-hmm. been all over it. <laughs> yeah, it also says in here, Justin Vernon of indie folk band Bon Iver is noted fan of the album. <laughs> that Yeah, that actually, if you listen to it, it actually really checks out. Mm-hmm. I was listening to it and being like, this sounds like that uh, self-titled Bon Iver album where okay. they were trying to make like prog rock Mm-hmm. type music yeah I'll, I'll have to i'll have to peep some of this um yeah my recommendation this week i've i've been reading a a new series but uh i don't want i'll, I'll mention it uh maybe uh on our, our next episode when i've had a little more time to to spend with it um yeah but i've been playing um a lot of persona 3 portable and watching my wife has been watching pretty little liars on hbo so I've been I've been doing both kind of simultaneously, and I have to say those two things are way more similar than. Uh, oh wow! Like 
you know, maybe not necessarily a story, but just like the the kind of the overall vibe of like this sort of like teen murder mystery thing with just like all these sort of you know kind of like lame archetypical characters. Uh, yeah, so I'm gonna. It's sort of a dual recommendation that if you if you like Persona, uh, maybe watch Pretty Little Liars and uh, just play that Persona three. I've you know, I've sort of uh, shit on Persona 5 a little bit on this show, which is a game that I think I like, but definitely has some kind of some nonsense to it. And Persona 3 Portable mm-hmm. at least kind of strips away some of that nonsense. The story's a little a little darker. It's not quite as fun. Definitely the vibes are not as fun. They're a little more, uh, like, bleak. But, um, you know, where, where Persona 5 does the thing of, like, you know, you, you talk with your buds at the top of the school and then on your way home, you get a text yeah. message where they say the same thing and then you get back home and Morgana tells you the same thing and then you got to go out and someone else tells you the same thing. This kind of does away with that where you only really talk to your friends when you want to. Um, and then the rest of the time you can just kind of like chill and do whatever. And the little dungeon that you do, kind of like the their version of, or Persona 3's version of Mementos, this thing called Tartarus. It's just this tower that has a amount of floors that you don't know, so you're just kind of climbing the tower, and it's way more fun yeah. than, than Mementos is. Mementos just felt like busy work, whereas climbing Tartarus is like, you know, I, I'll just kind of shut my brain off and, like, grind through the dungeon while uh, while Pretty Little Liars is playing in the background. Um, but, yeah, I made this kind of connection while I was kind of doing both at the same time. I was like, these are both the exact same... Uh, Kind of the exact same thing. If there was a Persona game just like packaged up in uh, Pretty Little Liars, no one would uh, no one would bat an eye. And it's also, I think, very telling that the Persona games are kind of one of these things that video game people be like, oh, it, they're great stories, like well-told stories, but then no one is ever saying that about Pretty Little Lies, the Liars. <laughs> yeah, I, th- I think the standard for like jrpg stories is lower than mm-hmm. people would like to admit yep um hbo has i haven't seen pretty little liars but ha- in general hbo's like ya content is mm-hmm. actually kind of incredible i think i've mentioned it before but the grassy the next generation mm-hmm. is like the greatest soap opera type <laughs> series of all time uh i can't recommend that one enough mm-hmm. and it's not good, but <laughs> it's one of my favorite shows of all time. Yep, that's kind of how I'm feeling about uh, Pre-Old Liars. And you know, like I said, they you know they're always like, "Is The Last of Us the best story told in video games?" Like, maybe, but it's still a pretty terrible story to be told. <laughs> it's not not <laughs> exactly. very good writing. So yeah, yeah, the uh, kind of the the standard we have for video game stories is uh, just non-existent. Because like I said, this this Pre-Old Liars is basically a persona. Um, but no one's really going, no one's going to bat for this series other than like, yeah, I liked it when I was 13. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, well, yeah, that'll do it for us, uh, this week. Uh, next episode we'll have, uh, I think it's our second to last episode of, uh, of Mason Okoku. So if you've been following along, uh, we're, we're nearing the end of that. So, you know, uh, be ready for that later in the week and, Yeah, as usual, thanks for listening. Uh, Hit us up with a rating review wherever you can do that, and we'll, uh, we'll see you next time.